Listening Dog Media. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. The Rugby Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Today on Rocket, I'm joined by Shami Alcott and we'll be talking all things rugby and Olympic skiing. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. Uh, don't tell me we've got Shemi Alcott on the line. Oh my God, Shemi, how are you? I can't see you yet. Yeah, I'm just getting some chocolate, actually. <laughs> oh my God, I love the background. Now that is awesome. And you're getting chocolate. You're a woman after my own heart. Oh this, my God. What's this going? is What's cold, cold brew coffee chocolate. Apparently it's insane. I don't like I mean, coffee. That sounds awful. <laughs> I just had to rob a bank to buy it from this fancy place, but the guy told me it's the best he's ever had, and I'm an easy seller. Well, let's let's have a let's have a live test. So, what's gone? What's it sound? That's dark chocolate. You're like my wife. My wife is a personal trainer. I know you love your training now, but she she eats dark chocolate. There's nothing worse than a dark chocolate eater. No, no, you just have to invest in good dark chocolate because the, the cheap dark chocolate is like dry and flaky. And the thing is, right, it's psychosomatic. I eat dark chocolate because I think I'm being healthy, but then I eat a whole pack of it instead of just one normal size one. It's really good. Yeah. I can't taste the coffee at all. Oh, no, listen, it's great to have you. And I love the background. So um, look, look, uh, uh, record amount of, um, you know, uh, uh, how many Olympics did you do? Did you do... Four, four big four ones. Four Olympics, but you were seven yeah. times British champion. So a lot of people, you know, probably, you know, our listeners probably don't follow skiing as much, but everyone knows your name, especially when you did Dancing on Ice. And do you know what? You were like, you felt like, uh, I, you were like the, the female version of me, right? Because you were, you were, you were so like strong with the skating, but when it came to the sort of the, the, the niceties oh, of the dance. Oh, the performance. Yeah, and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could do all the lists. You were really great. Like we're just we meaty. Should have, we're just we meaty should have skated. Like... We should have skated together, Shemi. Can you imagine the power and like the speed across the ring? Yes. Actually, you yes. say that about rugby. And um, I've only been recognised a very few times in my life. But every time I go to a, a rugby game, I get recognised because I think it's got quite a similar following. You know, downhill skiing. You're on the limit. You're pushing your boundaries. It's it's a meaty sport. It's a it's a spectator sport. It's just like rugby in terms of that. You know, you want to see people going hard and falling over and crashing. And I think there's quite a similar fan group. So that is yeah. it's quite funny because I, I I really get recognised the whole time when I go to rugby matches and nowhere else. So now are you just going to rugby matches yes. just to get recognised? Yes. Yeah. I love that. I yeah, love yeah. that. So I, I, I wear my um, I wear my lycra cat suit when I go. That might have something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> how's life for you nowadays in lockdown how have you kept yourself busy because you I, th- I keep seeing little snippets on twitter of you doing your fitness which is really quite cool and um i pretend to be able to do that but you're, you're looking quite fit are you you're into your fitness are you teaching yeah, you- so I, I i don't know for me i'm not very good at slowing down i actually i feel guilty to say it but i really enjoyed the beginning of lockdown because i i actually was present as a mother I've always been hectic and since I've had the babies, I've got two young boys and I went back to work skiing two weeks after both of them had was, were born and it was just always, I was always just surviving. I was always like that swan, my head's above the water, I look like I'm surviving but I'm so frantic. So actually lockdown came at a really good time. I, I wanted to take a little bit of time to breathe and yeah. um, 
and we're really fortunate we've got a garden so I know that I'm really really spoiled with that um but then I got bored really quickly yeah. Um, so I started training people. I started doing loads of mentoring over Zoom. I was up to like 15 classes a week. I love it because I'm obsessed with um, individual needs in terms of physical development. From I'm yeah. a coach, so I look at a guy who's got short legs and then, and then another athlete who's got a long back. And it's like, right, how can I bring out the best in them with what we can do? And actually, I think more people got into fitness in Zoom, over Zoom, in lockdown than they would have you know, without, I, I did a class at Ski Club Great Britain and we actually got complaints because people couldn't get in. And I was like, why couldn't wow. get in? And it's because we were maxed out. So it was That's just, great. Just on that, just on that, I've got short legs and a long back. So can right. you just explain what, what, what would I have to do in the gym? So, you, you know, you would be a really good slalom skier. So, you know, you'd have ah. a fast, you'd have a fast, short edge arc and your right. ski would come underneath you quickly. You wouldn't maybe be able to build such a big edge far away from the body like someone with long legs, but you have right. a really kind of short transition. So your yeah. your power is is bringing the skis underneath you to the other side. So that's right. what you work on. It's very agile, um, you know, short bursts of power as opposed to having the pressure long and the, and the muscles under a longer tension. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm loving this. God, I could just see myself. I could just see myself skiing up. Now, listen, rugby is quite close to your heart. I know you love your rugby. You've got a real relation. I know your dad played for Richmond. I think very close by, you're close to the Crown Pub where uh, wasps actually have a drink. But you actually, did you sell your house to Simon Shaw? I believe that's true. And also, I mean, like, you know, please tell me that uh, you got a great deal off him because he's so tight. Simon Shaw, try to get a pint from him. Did you get great deal oh I don't know we've been trying to sell it for a while and um he came in with his wife and it was the first person who'd come in with a family and they had visuals of making this you know the home that I grew up in into an even better family home and you know he he had me straight away with talking about what his little babies and girls wanted and I was like oh great we'll sell you the house and then it's oh. quite a story because it used to be pink so I lived in a big pink house and um and then he repainted it and his daughters didn't speak to him for two weeks after he changed it from pink <laughs> to this kind of like cool gray color and yeah. was like oh I should have stuck with the shemmy pink um but no he's great I mean I, I met him through Mike Tyndall and Zara a long time ago yeah. We've been friends, and um, I think I've even helped tie his bow tie a few times at Black Tie because his hands are so big and mashed up that yeah. he can't do anything dexterous with his fingers. Shami, let me let me tell you, I think he was probably pretending not to be able to do his uh, bow tie. Oh. Uh, you, he, do did, you know what I mean? he did get What's down on his knees in front of me, actually. And oh, did he? <laughs> <laughs> this is the wrong type of podcast for that, I'm telling you. So let me just ask you about... Um, so. I think you play for London Scottish, but weren't you at, look, look, Nick, Nick Easter, who's coaching in Newcastle at the moment, can't be on the line, but he was, uh, I hear you were actually a mascot for one of the matches at Quinn's, which didn't go very well because they lost and you still had to be full of joy. So it was, it was the big Christmas game. Um, there's quite a twofold story to this. And uh, I had this great honour of going onto the pitch at half time and being interviewed. And um, I was there with my sponsors, who was a growth investment trust at the time, you know, these old boys loving the rugby, loving the skiing. And they had a box and I went on the pitch and, you know, it was all nice chit chat about skiing. And then I can't remember who it is who's interviewing me. He said, oh, you know, what position do you get at in skiing? Oh, my gosh. So I get there. I get into my tuck position like this, you know, real down back like this. And the guy starts doing this behind me. Shut no so we're talking i don't know how many people do you have at that game Ten thousand at that game easy oh my god and he's like 
hip thrusting behind me and I had no, no everyone's laughing and I and I was just like oh gosh that <laughs> would not go down can you imagine doing that nowadays no, oh I my know. god that would be sackable. Is that yeah. really true? Is there a record, a recording of that? Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. But you know, I, I'm I've got older brothers. I, I take things on the chin. I thought it was quite funny. Um, but so there was that. And then I had another honour was um, I think it was sponsored by Mum Champagne. So I had to go and give a crate to um, Man of the Match, and it was always yeah. Quinn's Man of the Match, and they just lost. And it was a oh, it was it was a pretty poor you know lose. It, it was in the last few minutes, and it was theirs to win. And they were like, Shemi, you're just going to go into the to the changing room and you're going to give the... I can't oh, even remember. No. Oh, my God. Oh, I, no. I was quite doled up because I knew I was being this interview. And I was just like, I oh. I'm an athlete. Like, I know these guys do not want to see anyone right now. This is like five no. minutes post-game. They're still sweating. They're still frothing. They're still, you know, massively disappointed. And I have to go in with this champagne that none of them want and say, hey, buddy, guys, <laughs> great game. Uh, I bet you cheered them up after losing when they all probably piped up when you walked in. They were like, hey, oh, well, no, no, they nothing. didn't. They were actually, and I get it, right? You know, their chins are on the floor, their demeanor was they just lost. In fact, to the extent that I got text messages from the guys afterwards um, saying that we're really sorry how we acted. And I'm like, you know what? Of course you acted like that. You'd lost. It was really nice. Yeah. Because yeah. if I'd gone in there and they put on this pretense, like, oh, I'm happy to have won this, it, you know, I would have almost lost respect because they just lost this big game. They should have yeah. been feeling hurt. Um, yeah, that was that was quite an awkward one. So well, the other thing is, I think you played. Um, I've I read somewhere that you actually did play rugby, and it, you know, because yeah. obviously you're um, a high standard athlete, and whatever you turned to, you would have been a success. But one of them was rugby, and you actually, I believe, played a bit at London Scottish. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to now select the position I think that you would have played. Right. So I think with your power of skiing. I'm going to say that you would have been a number eight. So tell me how close I am to but, your position. You know you what? You, it's not a winner because this was the under 10s. And do you remember oh, you don't really have positions? So <laughs> I'm, right. I could say, you know what, Kieran, you're right. Because I would have been a number eight. But actually, you, you know, back then you played everything. But I just chased the ball. I, I played. Chased everything. I was a ball chaser. I wanted yeah. to get involved. And also it was mixed. So I also wanted to show people that, don't judge me for being a girl. I'm tough and I'm ready yeah. to fight for that ball. So I, I was just a complete ball chaser. I played everything. Terrible. I, I bet. I bet you um, embarrassed a couple of the boys as well. I'm sure of it. But yeah, I'm going to say now you would have made, either made a great centre or a great number eight. You'd have been. I think you'd have been. Um, been in the second row because you're quite fit as well. And I, I know what you're like. Yeah, and I've game. got the glutes. I've got like the power in the hips there. So, yes. Yeah, I think. I yeah. think you're right. You have. So I just want to, like, with the downhill, you know, with the skiing and everything and the injuries you had. Now, my nickname when I was playing rugby was uh, Kieran Broken because of all the injuries I had. So, like, just give us an insight into some of the injuries that you had um, or embarrassing injuries or whatever injuries. That What's the likely injuries? Because yours is a real dangerous sport. And then I'll, I'll reveal to you my... Most embarrassing injury. Okay, go. You go first. You go first. Uh, oh, right. Okay. Well, um, I think this is... Embarrassing? Is when is an injury embarrassing? No, no, no. This was really embarrassing. Right, okay, okay. Now, I, I basically... I got... I basically got a stud um, up my ass. Okay. Yes. So someone stood on me. 
No, don't, Shemi, that should not be your immediate reaction. Your immediate reaction should be, oh, my God, that's oh, disgusting. Oh, poor you, so, poor you. So I had, I actually, it came in and out and it ripped my arsehole open and I had stitches in my arsehole. So now you can imagine the well, great that thing. Is, when you give birth as well. Oh, right, okay. So listen, I'm in, I'm in a, a small club now, so I feel, I feel honoured. So your worst injury then? Oh, I mean, on paper, my worst is I broke my neck when I was 11. Uh, oh, my, my God. Is, it's actually now fused together. I don't know if you can see, um, but just here, if I stand up, you can see there's like a, a kind of... Wow, so you had it fused when you were 11. No, it fused on landing, and they uh, because they thought that I was structurally strong enough, they didn't do anything to it. Obviously, it would yeah. be quite dangerous to go and have surgery and have that taken apart. So it was a fun event. I mean, yeah. so ridiculous. It was a fun event, and I was racing this girl head-to-head, um, she was my nemesis and she was beating me and I was like, right, I've got to push it. And I pushed it so hard and it was just so unlucky. I got the, the gate on my ski tip. And as I did that, I pre-released the bindings, flew up in the air. And as I came down, I got the gate flag on my neck. So it pulled right. my neck out and came back in and fused. Oh, um, my God. So I guess that was my worst. Um, but, you know, I recovered so quick from that. I also cracked my humerus on my right arm and I was two meters away from paralyzing it forever. And when yeah. I did it, my arm became an inch and a half longer. Oh, my God. Seriously. It was, like, stretched hanging. Um, but again, that one, I just became popular at school with that one because I had to stay in the classroom um, in lunchtime and everyone else seemed to want to. So people bribed me bringing in cakes every day to see who I would get to choose. Yeah. How many I, I, operations? How many operations did you have then in your uh, career? Operations? Oh, I don't know, ten, fifteen. Oh my god! <laughs> a lot that of them were on my right leg. So my right leg is my biggest one. It's my most kind of infamous one. It was in Lake Louise. I was travelling off a jump. I mean, I got my boot caught on the snow beforehand, so I was readjusting on the air. So when I landed, my bones actually broke through my ski boot. Massive pressure through the lower limbs when yeah. they. Quite a good story. So they get they get the chopper in and they come down and um, I, I was screaming quite a lot and then they gave me quite a lot of drugs. Um, and then they, they couldn't even put me in the helicopter now because now when you get injured on the mountains, you actually just stay hanging because it's safer than putting you in and yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, so I went to a hospital and by the time I landed, you know, I was Doolali. I was like happy as Larry. And they're like, Shani, what's hurting? Tell us. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like a biggest hypochondriac ever. Absolutely nothing's hurting. I'm totally fine. Oh, my God. And there they're going, no, you're not fine. So they sit me up and um, they start taking off my my right boot. And I had these atomic white boots at the time. It was the first year they'd gone white. Yeah. And um, I guess they, they actually they actually gave me ketamine to make me pass out because when they took when they took my uh, the plastic apart, my bones had broken through. So broken through my skin and out. So compound tib fear, very common actually in rugby as well, right? Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that was that was kind of a crazy time. But because they gave me that ketamine, I've got memory loss. So it was actually amazing because I could come back. And the first race I did after that huge injury, people said I'd never ski again. I chose to come back at the same hill that almost ended my career because I didn't remember it. So I was like, well, I love that hill in Lake Louise. I'm going to go and do it again. Um, and everyone's like, no, you might you might suddenly remember the crash and it might be dying you know, psychologically. And I was like, let's do it. It was a good experience for you with that ketamine. So what about concussion? Concussion's a big thing in rugby at the moment. So definitely in your line of work at skiing, it's uh, quite quite often people do come away with big concussions. Is that a problem in your your sport or not? Yeah, definitely. In fact, it's a kind of weird one in alpine skiing. When you're travelling 70, 80 miles an hour, and if you hit your head first, you tend not to hurt the rest of your body because you go jelly. 
So the worst thing you can do when you're crashing right. at speed is to try and brace, to try and stop the crash. That's when bigger injuries happen because you're tense and tight. Yes. Um, and I remember I was forewarning the army ski champs once and I was at the top of the downhill and I said to the guys, right, how many of you have done this before? And no one put their hand up. And I was just like, oh my God, this is going to be crazy. And I said, look, I've got two minutes. The only thing I'm going to teach you is how to fall. So I just told them all, as soon as you fall, because you're going to fall, um, you're going to be like jelly, like a jelly baby, really relax everything. Don't try and stop the fall, just slide. And um, and actually when you hit your head first, when you crash and skiing, you tend to not brace any bones. So obviously it's very bad for the brain and really detrimental yeah. unless you do i mean rugby and skiing we've got such good protocols now and i used to do that brain the base rate test online yes. all yes. the time which i'm sure you guys do yes. and, and that was great because we do all heal individually i had a really bad one in ushuaia which is in argentina the most southern town um uh, in the world and the hospital they made me sit in a wheelchair but the, the the corridors of the hospital were too thin for the wheelchair and I was just bumping along getting oh. in the room and then my room had like prison cell and oh my god it was a brutal concussion so we broke out of that hospital and then I had my coach on radio for four nights in this dark room waking me up every hour saying what is the smallest mammal in the world and the answer was a bumblebee bat from Thailand and that was my cue that my brain was still firing wow so- <laughs> That's amazing. The worst thing they do in rugby is they, is they they sort of put put sort of like hands up to you and you like that. You just and then they say, "What day is it today?" I haven't got a clue what day it is today. I'm, I, I couldn't even answer you without a head injury. But um, <laughs> but so so are you? So what are you doing now with your life? I guess you you're doing a lot of ski schools and personal training and stuff like that. Do you get out much and ski? You know, for yeah. pleasure or is it all work? No, I really try and, and make sure. I mean, the reason I skied and the reason I retired is because I love skiing. I mean, there's, I mean, rugby's great. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, nothing yeah. skiing, which is why loads of rugby players also ski. Yeah. And it's just an amazing sport. So I do make sure that I have play times. You know, working for Ski Sunday is, is amazing because I get to still rip some turns and shred the mountain and um, I've yeah. got my own, uh, ski race academy called Carpe Diem Coaching with my other half. And I love that because really? I love molding young people and using sports like ours that you have to overcome adversity you have to be prepared for the lows to teach young children life skills that they wouldn't get in the classroom is is amazing and seeing their confidence grow week in week out is just is just amazing you know some of them get to the whole season they prepare for the British champs then they fall on the first gate and I'm there going right what positive have we got and I know what they want to say to me but by that point they can find a positive from this really quite low situation and I think that really sets them up for even if they don't make it in skiing it sets them up for life and I know there's loads of rugby camps that run on the the same philosophy there so I'm doing that I'm a mum to two boys keeping me quite busy I've still just on the on the two boys I don't because I loved I loved uh I love seeing um you you created a really good uh assault course at some stage whether that was during lockdown but I noticed on the back of one of your boys shirts that um, you see, my what uh, one of my boys is called Lachlan. What's the yeah. name? And we call him Lachlan. What's the name of your Lockie. boy? Lockie, but I yeah. spelled it wrong. How's yours spelled? I spelled mine wrong. How's well, yours no, spelled? Well, well, he's called Lachlan. Yeah, same. L O C H L A N. Yeah, and how do you shorten it? Well, how do you spell the short? Well, Lockie, L O C H Y. Yeah, so you see, 
I, I had a deal with Hello and I wanted to get the name out there ASAP and I had a really bad birth with Lockie. And um, so straight after he was born, I was like, right, I'm going to get the name in so I, at least I can tell people his name because it's already published. Why did you yeah. say, why did you do Lachlan in the first place then? What was your Over, reason? Um, married to a Scot. Uh, I just love the name. I wanted a kind of different name that was um, a little bit funky, but I did it for Lockie. I love the name Lockie, not Loki, yeah. not Loki. I no, love no. But yeah, so I spelt it, I sent this message to the hello guys, and I spelt it L-O-C-K-I, whereas Dougie had sent a message to everyone spelling it the same way as you or spelling it L-O-C-K-I-E. And I said, listen, babe, I've sent mine out to millions, so we're going with what I spelt it. <laughs> Even though it's wrong. Even though it's wrong. Oh, that's brilliant. Listen, thanks for your time. If one, if any of our listeners want to get fit with you, do they have to apply online or what do they no, do? Just, just get in touch with me on Instagram. You know, I think the world is moving. We're returning to normal, but you can access people that inspire you, you know, whether it's sports celebrities or fitness people. So just, just take a chance and, and Instagram direct them and go, hey, how about a session this week? Because you never know. They might say yes. Oh, listen, thanks for your time. You've been very engaging. One of our, probably our best interviewee. Thanks for your time. And next time I'll get a better background, all right? Because I know. That Where's really the pitch? Is. Yeah, I need you to get You should have Twitter in there. I know, you're right. That's the next time. All right, Shami, thanks for your Love time. You Much appreciated. Cheers, bye. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. Thanks to our guests on today's podcast, Shami Alcott. Uh, we'll be back next Friday with my co-host Nick Easter talking all things rugby. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favourite podcast platforms. Rocket.